I want you to turn to your neighbor and ask the question, are you in God's will? I wouldn't be here this morning, Pastor, if I wasn't, right? Well, that's awesome, but that's not the question. Are you in God's will? And part of the problem is we don't even know what God's will is. And God's will is not a mystery. We don't have to go, you know, search to and fro to find it. You're either in his will or you're not. Are you in God's will? In fact, do you know what God's will is for you? You know, the crazy thing is that some, at, at, at sometimes we, we think, oh, my God, I finally found what God called me to do, and then he changes it. And we didn't like the one he changed it to. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, when I, I wanted to be an evangelist, and, you know, my pastor, he was an evangelist, but he's a pastor, and I wanted to be an evangelist, and he goes, you know what? He goes, God's called you to the children's ministry. And first of all, I said, God knows my phone number. I didn't hear that one. God's called you to go help out the little children. I like to deal with people. I like to deal with men. I, I like to, you know, evangelize. Amen? Kids are hard. After having seven, you'd think I would be an expert. The last one is the worst one. And it, it, they say when you get older, you have more patience, right? That's what they say. But the, the bottom line is this, are we in God's will? And some of us can say, yes, I am. Yes, I know. But to most of us, we're still searching. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you in God's will? Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Romanos capítulos 1-2. Now, Paul, in the first 11 chapters, is talking about how Jesus paid the price for us, and he was setting the course, and he, he did all these things, and, and now all of a sudden he gets to verse 12, and he's telling us, now, it's your turn. Amen? He broke it down and said what the price was paid. He said, for the Romans' roads. Anybody know the Romans' roads for the wages of what? Sin is death, but God's gift of eternal life is in Christ Jesus. For all have sinned and fallen short from the glory of God. Right? No? God demonstrated his love for us while we were yet sinners. He died for us. Call on to him. Remember? Anyone who calls it, he will be saved. Remember that one? Romans? No? Anyways, you'll, you learn the Romans roads if you don't know that one. So he begins to share the Romans roads, and he says, okay, now let me set the course for you. Now it's your turn to get in his will. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's your turn. And he says, I beseech you. In other words, I'm begging you to pay attention. I want you to, I beseech you. I want to get to, hey, have you ever went to your kids, the ones that have older kids, and you look them in the face and say, please, I'm begging you not to mess up. Anybody? Class, anybody? 
I'm begging you, don't mess. Uh, I tell Joaquin these stories all the time. He goes, I'm not dumb, I'm not dumb. I'm like, mm. I said the same things. My mom used to tell me all the time, son, please don't do this. Right? And she would beg me with tears in her eyes. And guess what I did? I did the exact thing she told me not to do. And so what Paul's saying, I'm begging you, please pay attention. I want to speak to you. Please, 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 I beseech you, therefore, brethren, sistering, brothers and sisters, children of God, I'm begging you, I'm telling you, by the mercies of God. In other words, by God's mercies, we are not consumed. Some of us should have been in trouble for half the stuff we did, right? You didn't get away with it. God paid for it. Everything you stole and everything you did wrong, God had a, there's a price to pay. For the wage of sin is death. There's a price to pay. And God says, listen, by the mercies, by God's mercy, you're not consumed. By God's mercy, you're still not in the state asylum. You're still not in prison. You're still not in bondage. You're still not in Egypt. You're still not, come on, somebody. You're still not in those issues. You're starting to think for yourself. You're starting to believe for yourself. You're starting to breathe. And he says, I'm begging you now that you know the truth. Now that you, hey, don't play ignorant. That's another thing we like to do, right? Kids like to play ignorant. I told you to clean your room. Oh, you said clean your room? I thought you said take out the trash. Selective hearing. How many husbands have selective hearing when their wife's talking to them? They, sometimes Jen's talking to me and she's going on and on and on. I'm just, I just heard a couple things. I'm like, uh-huh. What is she talking about? Anybody? Any men? Women like to talk. Oh, is it picking on women day? No, I'm just saying women like to talk. Men like to look. So we cannot have selective hearing. Amen? In other words... Pay attention. I'm giving you the answers. You don't have to cheat. I'm giving them to you. And it's cost my son his life. It was God's mercy. Someone say it was God's mercy that we're still alive today. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Someone say living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, we need to present ourselves a living sacrifice. Someone say living sacrifice. See, coming to church is a sacrifice. Amen? Coming to church is a sacrifice. It takes a sacrifice to get up, get dressed, because Sunday, you know, it's, we have to work tomorrow. So it's like it takes a sacrifice to take the time out to go meet with God. Amen? Someone say Sunday. But God doesn't want just a Sunday sacrifice. He wants a living sacrifice. And there's a difference between a living sacrifice and a dead sacrifice. And sometimes we try to come to God with roadkill. I think God will like this squirrel I found on the side of the road. God don't want the squirrel. He wants you. And he wants you to be a living sacrifice. A great example of a living sacrifice is Isaac. Abraham is well advanced in age. Abraham is old. I know you don't like that word, but he's old. Isaac is 30-something years old. 
They call him a lad, but he's younger. He's not a little kid. A lot of times we portray him as a little kid. You know, like, like probably, uh, mm, I won't say Joaquin because Joaquin can take me. I would say that kind of younger than that. We, we look at pictures and we say, hey, this is what he looked like. He was a man. And I'm pretty sure he could have took the old man out. Hello. And so Isaac, I mean, Abraham tells Isaac, we're, we're going to go and give a sacrifice to God. And Abraham goes with, I mean, Isaac goes with Abraham. And they look around and they look around and, they say, and, Abraham, and Isaac goes, Dad, uh, let me ask you a question. Because in Genesis chapter 20, he says, Abraham, and Abraham goes, here I am. He goes, I want you to take your son. Hello, I want you to take your son. Not a donkey, not a goat, not a, not a pigeon, not, not a bull, not a, not a, not a ram. Not, I, want to, I want you to take your son whom you love, your only son. And I want you to take him and I want you to sacrifice him. So Abraham became a living sacrifice to the point that he was going to sacrifice his son. So that takes a living sacrifice to sacrifice something that you loved, something that you've been hoping for, something that you've been praying about, something that you've been wanting your whole life. And finally he got his son Isaac and he says, I want you to come on somebody. It got to hurt. A sacrifice doesn't feel good. $10 is not a sacrifice. Going to the store and buying a, a, an animal and, and, and bringing it to the Lord and say, this is, this is my, listen, that's not a sacrifice what he's looking for. The, the blood of, of, of rams, and that's not going to do it. It's not going to cut it. And so he says, Abraham, take your only son. Take him up and sacrifice him. And so they go up and they look and, 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 and Isaac goes, Dad, I don't, I don't want to say you're old and you're losing it. But you're old. Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, God will provide himself the sacrifice. And then Isaac realized that he was the sacrifice. Now I'm fast. How many people are fast? But I guarantee all my kids can beat me. Except for Gianna. But I, they could beat me, Right? So if Isaac wanted to, he could have what? He could have said, Dad, you lost it. You're old. You're losing it. You got the wood. You got the fire. Where's the sacrifice? But yet he provided himself. Isaac provided himself and said, you know what? I surrender. I am a living sacrifice. Come on, somebody. That's a living sacrifice. That's the type of sacrifice that God is looking for. He says, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present yourself a living sacrifice. Don't try to put Isaac on the altar. Put yourself. Put yourself. God, I see the wood. I see the fire. I don't see no sacrifice. God, I'm, I'll step in. I'll be the sacrifice. I want to be a living sacrifice. And a living sacrifice, someone say Daily. Daily sacrifice. Get up in the morning and say, you know what? It's no longer that I live. I have been crucified with cross. With Christ on the cross. So number one, he says, present your bodies a what? Someone say holy. 
How many of you are holy? I got holes in my pants. Wait a second. Part of the problem, the reason why I don't want to be a living sacrifice, because I don't feel holy. I got issues. I get angry. Anybody get angry here? Sometimes I think bad thoughts. Anybody think bad thoughts? Anybody fall short? Any, anybody? Anybody honest people? I got an attitude sometimes. My eyebrow goes up when I'm mad. I got issues. This, this doesn't, you know, sometimes don't feel holy. I don't feel anointed. Come on, somebody. I don't feel good. Sometimes I say things I wish I could take them back. Say things to my kids I wish I could take back. Say things to my, my wife. I wish I could, man, I wish I could return that, but it's already out there. I don't feel holy. I feel more like a dirty sinner. And you know what? The crazy thing is, the devil will be the first one to tell you how bad you really are. You don't need nobody else to tell you. The devil will be whispering in your ear, you are dirty. You are messed up. How in the world are you going to go preach after you just told your wife something? How are you going to go preach after you just thought those bad thoughts about somebody? I'm sorry I'm the only one, you know, with the issue, but... For those who have issues, it's very hard to be a living sacrifice because we don't feel too holy. It's called sin. Someone say sin. Someone say sin. And the devil will be the first one to put it in highlights. And he'll be like this. They see it. They see it. No matter what you do, no matter how you preach, no matter how you act, they see it. Don't try to think you're getting away with anything. They see it. In fact, he highlights it. Someone say he highlights it. But it's by the mercies of God. Somebody by the mercies. It's by God's blood. Guess what? I am a sinner, but when I'm in Jesus, when I'm in my word. Example. Sin. Can you see sin now? Why not? It's in Christ. My sin is in Christ. My sin is in the word. Come on, somebody. It's hidden. It's not because I'm not. It's because of what he did. And so now I'm able to be, present myself a living sacrifice because I don't have no sin because he took my sin. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, when you talk about reasonable service, a lot of times we think about like serving God in ministry. We're not talking about that. We're talking about that is your time of worship. God created us for worship. He created us for his good pleasure. Someone say he created us for his good pleasure to worship. And that's our reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world. In other words, if you fit into this world, it's not acceptable. It's not reasonable. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot worship two masters. In other words, if you're going to worship the world and worship God, save your worship for the world because God doesn't need it. This is why it takes a living sacrifice, a holy sacrifice. It's a reasonable service. And this is why he says, do not be conformed to this world. Someone say, do not fit in. If you feel like you don't fit in, you're in a good place. But if you fit in everywhere you go, hey, you need to check. Are you doing your worship? They don't even know I'm a Christian. Of course not. Because you walk like an Egyptian. 
Come on, somebody. They don't know that I'm a Christian. I don't understand. They're not going to know it because you fit in. And so we're saying, well, Pastor, what does that have to do with God's will? We're getting to that. We're getting to what God's will is. And it says, do not be conformed. Someone say, be not, do not conform to this world, but be a transformer. Someone say, be a transformer. Renewing your mind. Someone say, because your mind plays tricks on you. Don't start singing that song. But your mind plays tricks on you. If you believed everything your mind said, you would be in trouble. Tito, get this tissue out of here. If you believe, someone didn't get it, but anyways, if you believed everything your mind said, where would you be? I'll tell you exactly where you would be. You wouldn't be a transformer. You would be Decepticon. In other words, you wouldn't be fighting for good. Turn to your neighbor and say, you wouldn't be fighting for good. You would be a Decepticon. Let me tell you, you could fool some of the people some of the times. You fool God none of the time. So when you ask if you're in God's will, guess what? You're either a Decepticon or a Transformer. And all the Transformers said... By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove. The word prove there means know. That you may know what is the good. Someone say, what is good? And acceptable, perfect will of God. Are you in God's will? Do you know what God's will is for you? And the only way you're going to know is by following the order. And it doesn't mean no like intelligence. I know what two plus two is. He's not talking about intelligence knowing. He's not even talking about ministry knowing. How do you say that, Pastor? Because the Bible says in the last days he will call those people and say, he says, you say, Lord, didn't I not cast out demons in your name? Didn't I not prophesy in your names? Didn't I not do these mighty works in your names? And Jesus will look at them and says, depart from me because I don't even know you, you who practice lawlessness. He's more speaking of husband and wife knowing Intimacy. Hello, intimacy. When you know your wife, when you know something, you know what you know, you become one with. He's not talking about intelligence. And when you know somebody and you're into, you produce something. Come on, somebody. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to people here today because you really need to know the truth. Something takes place when the seed, which is the word of God, is in. You can't be normal. I said you can't be normal. Something happens. 
Something happens. Listen, you produce things and, and things change and, and you're not the same. You feel different. You act different. You walk different. You live different. You become a living sacrifice. The Pharisees didn't know God. Because if they would have known him, they would have known when he was in town. They knew religion. They knew how to show up to church. They knew how to dress for church. They knew how to give offerings. In fact, they were like, boop, boop, boop. here's my offering. And then a widow would come in with two mites, and she says, she wasn't even saying nothing. She put all that she had. It was a living sacrifice for her to put all that she had because she loved her God so much. She would say, I would rather go, because it was only a penny. She would go, I would rather go penniless. I would rather go penniless. Because that takes a living sacrifice. The world is always luring us and, and telling us that, hey, you know what? You can do this and still serve God. You see, God's perfect will for you, when, God, when you know God, God's perfect will for you was never, ever to work for Pharaoh. To build pyramids for Pharaoh. To be in bondage to Pharaoh. And sometimes we get ourselves over, over, you know, we got so many bills that we, be, you know, I'm serving you, Lord, but I have to work. I'm serving you, Lord, but I, I got to get a second job. I'm serving you, Lord, but, you know, my car payment's due. Um, you know I love you, Lord. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't start quitting your job and say, Pastor said full time. You only go full time if that's the will of God. And how do you know it's the will of God? Because after a year, when you start getting paid, you'll say, okay, that's the will of God. If you're quitting to get a job in ministry and getting paid in ministry, that's not, how is that so hard? Living sacrifice. Holy sacrifice. It's your reasonable service. You see, when God created Adam, he didn't create Adam to die. He didn't say, hey, you know what, Adam? I want you to die, so I'm creating you to die. He created Adam for relationship. He said, let us make man in our own image. I want to know him. And you want sin does? Sin separates you from knowing. You know that to be true is when you get in an argument in your marriage and it's, there's a strain in your marriage. I'm going to talk to this section over here. When there's a strain in your marriage, it has to do with sin. Something's wrong. Something's not right. The relationship's not right. When there's, a, this is, when there's something going on with your son or your daughter and you're not seeing eye to eye, it's not the, you know, it's sin. It's the devil. It's, it's the enemy. He doesn't like family. He doesn't like relationships. He doesn't like unity. There's an anointing in unity. I said there's an anointing in unity. I said there's an anointing in unity. When a husband and a wife are serving the Lord, they have anointed children. Something takes place in your house. This is why I knew this, that, that, that goes with the territory. When I used to walk in, well, when I walk into Pops and Irma's house, you would just fill it. People would just fall asleep. 
Not because they were boring. We just couldn't control how peaceful it was. I can't believe people actually live like this. This is not just a fairy tale. Come on, somebody. It's not just a rumor. I heard people actually don't argue. and I'm not saying argue because they probably did. But I heard people actually, you know, they don't do this and they don't break things. They don't go crazy. Why well, do I want to find that place? Well, you know what? If you both serve the Lord, you have that place. And this is why you have to say this loud and clear. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care what the world has to offer. I'm not buying. I'm not buying. I cannot be bought because I've been purchased. I am a bond servant. I am a living sacrifice. And I need to walk holy. It's my reasonable service. It's the reason why I was created in the first place. God didn't create the children of Israel to go to Egypt and to stay in Egypt. The problem was they liked the food there. And they liked the atmosphere there. I don't hear them after, you know, after Joseph died, they cried out to the Lord. Did you read that part? Anybody? After Joseph died, they began to cry out to the Lord and they wanted out. It was how many years later? Hundreds of years later, and then they said, oh, you know what? We're not supposed to be here. Really? This is not the promise of Abraham or Isaac or Jacob. This is not what God in store for us. God promised us this. If we were willing to give up our Isaac, come on, somebody. If I was willing to take my son and be a living sacrifice, he was going to give me a land. And the land that we're looking for, let me tell you something. I got news for you. It's not in Anaheim. It's not in Westminster, Corona, Fullerton, Santa Ana, Santana, whatever you call it. It's not there. The land that you're looking for is in heaven. See, all of us are looking for an inheritance on earth. But just like the Levites, when the Levites begin to worship, come on, when the Levites begin to worship, God says, listen, you're not going to get no land. You got me. See, the problem is that you're looking for some physical thing when God wants you and you can get him. And that's your true inheritance. You have been adopted by the blood of Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you in the will of God? Do you know the will of God? And if you don't, now what? Now you can get yourself right. You know what the crazy thing is? We live a certain lifestyle, and all of a sudden we go, my God, what's wrong with God? God, God? God never said take your inheritance and go live on prodigal living. You wanted your inheritance. You wanted to live like that. So when you're out there eating with pigs and messing with pigs and living like a pig, and you're trying to blame God on it, you're out of the will of God. I said you're out of the will of God. But if you are born again, someone say, if I'm born again, eventually I will come to my senses, like the, the prodigal son. I will come to my senses and realize there's food in daddy's house. I'm going back home. And let me tell you something. We always think about prodigal sons. Oh, those heathens are out there drinking and partying and living a lifestyle contrary to the word of God. I'm talking about the people in the church that you confess them with your mouth, but your hearts are far from him. 
oh, pastor, I feel like you're judging. I ain't judging nobody. I'm talking about the prodigal children of God that are inside the house. That you act one way here and another way out there. A living sacrifice is everywhere you go. I said it's everywhere you go. It's everywhere you go. And this morning, that's all you have to say is, God, what is your will for me? And God, can you let me know I want to go in? And guess what? It's not hard to find. It's not hard to find. When you came to Jesus, that's all you said is, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for my, I make you Lord, right? When did he stop being Lord? See, when he's Lord, you'll know his will. Because he'll speak to you through his word. And he'll speak to you through the Holy Spirit. So you'll know when you're in his will. Because you'll have the peace of God surpasses all understanding. If you have confusion, confusion's from the devil. This is why he says, beseech yourself. To, listen, I beseech you by the mercy of God that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. For this is your reasonable service. And do not be what? Do not fit in. Man, I feel like, you know, I, I don't fit in. Well, good. You're in a good place. You're in a great place. That you may know, someone said, that I may know what is the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Someone say, perfect will of God. See, the problem is this, and this is the problem that we have. We love dating God. Because in a date, you get to go home to your own house. In a date, you get gifts. Come on, somebody. In the date, you get gifts. In a date, it's fun. How many people used to date before you got married? How, how, dating's fun, right? There's no children. There's no children in dating, right? Usually the man pays for it, right? You look at each other with, you know, googly eyes. And you go, you get separated, and, and then you're like, I can't wait to you know, meet that person again, you know. But if you had to live with that person every day, googly eyes become like mean eyes. Dating God is different than marrying God. Marrying takes a responsibility. I said Mary takes a, it's your reasonable service. It's your reasonable service. It's your reasonable, and let me tell you something. Your God is good. He's not going to make you do something that's, oh, my God, I can't believe God will make me do that. God will do, you know why? You will say, let me tell you something. This is a scripture I always use all the time. Worship him. Come on up. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Remember that one? And how many people know before you start praying that one that the things that you wanted to be added, added onto you, when you start seeking God, they changed? Isn't that crazy? Seek first. Someone say, seek first. The kingdom of God, and then, someone say, and then, all these things shall be added unto you. And when you're in the, when you have the mind of Christ, and when you seek the things of God, or the kingdom of God, all these things shall be added, and your, your things that you wanted to be added, change. God, I want my friend to be saved. God, I'm praying for my dad. 
God, I wish I had more money to give out, not to take in. God, when, when can I get into ministry? Come on, somebody. Your, your things that you wanted to be added change when you seek first the kingdom of God. So when you become that person of God, that living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, when you start really becoming that person, guess what? Your attitude will change. You know, in America, people want facelifts, hair transplants. We want one, Pastor? No, I don't want one. That way, if I had hair, I had to wash my hair. Right? But people work so hard and train so hard and and go to the gyms and, and dress up and do all these things just to keep it together. Because nobody wants to die. I didn't sign up for this to die. But the Bible says he tries to save his life will lose it. But he loses his life for my sake shall find it. When you learn how to die to self, then you can live for God. You want to know the will of God? Then die to self. Become that how you, wait, Pastor, that's a contrary. How could you be living, sacrifice, and die? Well, the word will, but you're willing to die. I'm willing to die. You know how you do that? By willing to live for him. And with all eyes closed and heads bowed. God, I know that I'm a sinner. And Lord, at one time I felt like I was in your will or, or I knew your will, and now I just feel confused. Did you call me to be a pastor, an evangelist, a teacher, a minister? Did you call me to do these things, Lord? Did you call me to be an usher? Did you call me to be a dancer? Did you call me to be a worshiper? Did you call me to do these things? Did you call me to be a husband? Did you call me to be a worker? Whatever it might be, Lord, I want to do anything you called me to do. And you know what? Some of you, you just lost it. You just lost it, and it's okay. And I'm not... Listen, if you, if you got stuff done, I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is the most important thing is not the outward appearance. That's what I'm talking about. It's not the outward appearance that God looks at. He didn't say, hey, where's the new king? And he, and he looked and all the nice-looking men and strong men. He says, listen, that's the one. That's the one because he's good-looking. He's tall. He has money. He's a warrior. He's a, no, you know what he looks for? He looks for the heart. I said he looks for the heart. He's not looking for, listen, golden vessels, silver vessels. He's looking for willing vessels so he can pour himself into you. And once he pours himself into you, I don't care if the devil highlights your sin all day long. My sin is in Christ. He who knew no sin had to take my sin in order to make me righteous, in order to make me holy. And you know what? Sometimes I don't feel holy, but I know that the blood of Jesus makes me holy. And with all eyes closed and heads bowed, if there's anybody this morning say, you know what, God, I, I don't know if I'm in your will. In fact, God, I don't even know your will. But I want to get to know your will. And I'm not talking about intelligence. I'm talking about intimacy. Because at one time, I can guarantee you, somebody here was so in love with God, 
If he would have told you to jump, you would have said, how high? If he would have told you, I need you to go to Mexico and preach the gospel, you would have ran. If you would have told you, I want you to, you would have done it. And let me tell you something. Sometimes the confusion of this world, the calling of this world, it's so strong. The Bible says pleasure is good for a season, but it comes with a sting. Thank God that Jesus came to take away that sting. And you know what? You may have been in the world, but God is calling you. What are you waiting for? The crazy thing is nothing's changed in this world. It's just faster way of sinning. And so this morning, whoever you are, God wants to give you peace to calm the storm so you can see his perfect will. He wants a reasonable service he wants you have a responsibility to be mature. You can't claim ignorance no more. You can't claim like I didn't know anymore. You can't claim that, hey, you know, I'm young. Listen, you're not that young. Well, I still got more things to do. Let me tell you something. What, there's nothing greater than serving the king. And whoever you are this morning, we already had our altar call. I just want you to stand from your ad and say, God, I want to know your will.